Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. Whether I'm jo- uh, whether you're joining me on my drive to work or I'm joining you on yours, welcome in. It is official. The Lakers are 2019-2020 NBA champions. They defeated the Heat last night 106 to 93. Let's get into it. So before I jump right into the game six matchup where the Lakers won 106-93 to take home the 2019-2020 NBA championship trophy, um, I didn't get a chance to record an episode after the Lakers game five loss to the Heat. So, I mean, I'm sure most of you who listen to this show are keeping up with the Lakers to some degree, whether it's watching every game or or the scores, or getting the highlights. Um, so you probably know what already happened, but just before I jump into the Lakers' win, so the Lakers in Game 5, they had a chance to close it out. They wore the Black Mama jerseys. Everyone was getting excited for the Lakers to win the championship on Friday night. The Heat had other plans. It was a great game. Um, it was a great game from like a viewer standpoint. The you know Jimmy Butler played fantastic. LeBron played fantastic. LeBron had 40 points. Um, Jimmy Butler, I think, had like 35 points and a triple-double. Um, and it came down to the wire. Came down to a last-second shot. The Lakers were down one with about 16 seconds left in the game. And LeBron James had the ball, drove to the basket. He basically got double or triple-teamed as he was going to the basket. He didn't have a great angle at the basket. He wasn't... Like, he couldn't have just easily banked a shot in. He was more to the side of the basket. So, didn't have a clean look, so he looked out and saw Danny Green wide open at the top of the arc and kicked it out to him. Danny Green had a wide open look for a three. That would have put the Lakers up by two and, in theory, would have won the game. But he was just short on it. It was looked. I mean, it looked good initially uh, right, on, right off the uh, front of the rim. Markeith Morris grabs the offensive rebound, tries to pass the ball into Markeith Morris. <laughs> Markeith Morris gets the ball, tries to pass it into Anthony Davis down low, and just overshoots the pass, throws it right out of bounds, and the Heat get the ball. Lakers foul. They make both free throws, and Lakers lose by three. So that game was a major bummer. I think mostly because the Lakers went into the game – or. Lakers fans went into the game just kind of assuming the Lakers were going to win it. You know, the Lakers had won every series in the playoffs in five games. They had chosen, so they weren't supposed to wear their Black Mamba uniforms on Friday night. They were supposed to wear, I think, like the the purple uniforms, the forum blue. Um, but they decided because it was a closeout game, they wanted to wear the Black Mamba uniforms to win it in honor of Kobe in the Black Mamba uniforms, but they just couldn't get it done. So I think, you know, a lot of fans went into it, even I'm potentially even the team, the Lakers themselves went into it thinking that they they could for sure get the win in game five. And they definitely had plenty of chances. They had the last second opportunity to do it. Uh, and then just, just didn't get it done. Uh, it was a bummer. I mean, a lot of 
The big story, obviously, was Danny Green missing a wide-open three. That would have not only won the game, but would have won the NBA Finals. It's funny because Danny Green actually didn't have a terrible shooting night that night. He shot 40% from three. I think he was two for five. Had he made that shot, he would have been three for five. So he would have shot 60% from three had he made that shot, um, which would have been awesome. It would have been funny considering the narrative that Danny Green can't shoot threes and all that stuff. Um, But yeah, so that was the big story was Danny Green missing that three. You know, it was between LeBron should have taken the shot or Danny Green, you know, Danny Green missed the three. At the end of the day, I think LeBron made the right play. He should have passed it out. He had a, I mean, Danny Green is in theory a good three-point shooter. LeBron saw him wide open and kicked it to him. So I, I think I, in that position, I don't know that LeBron makes that shot. I think I would have rather had the opportunity for the wide open three than LeBron forcing a, a shot with a bad angle with three guys draped on him. You know, like I, I think I'm happy with the play that they went with. It's a bummer that he missed the shot, but. You know, now that we all know the results of everything, Lakers one and six. Looking back on it, it doesn't feel as bad. In the moment, it really sucked. It was a major bummer. So, that was kind of the big story from Game Five. Was the Lakers tight game, last second shot, couldn't get it done. Heat forcing a Game Six, and Lakers came into Game Six and were just ready. They were absolutely ready. So, Alex Caruso got the start in Game 6. So, the starting lineup was LeBron James, Anthony Davis, KCP, Danny Green, and Alex Caruso. The Lakers played fantastic defense. They they were, you know, they forced a lot of missed shots from the Heat. A lot, the Heat had a lot of turnovers early in the game. And the Lakers turned those missed shots and forced turnovers into fast break points. So... Going down the list, LeBron James, who was the finals MVP, ended up with 28 points. Anthony Davis had 19 points, 15 rebounds. Um, Rajon Rondo, 19 points. KCP, 17 points. Those were the, the big scores in the game. And the Lakers, not only did they win in Game 6, but they blew out the Heat. At halftime, the score was 64 to 36. The Heat only had 36 points at halftime. In the second quarter, the Lakers held the Heat to 16 points in the second quarter. They won that quarter, I think it was 36 to 16. So the Lakers were up by 27 at halftime, 28. And their defense was just absolutely suffocating. It's funny because the Lakers, the Lakers all season and even in the playoffs were one of the best teams, one of the best defensive teams, and that's how they won. That's how they closed out the NBA Finals was with great defense. Their biggest lead of the game was 36 points. 36 points, that's insane. In a closeout NBA Finals game, absolutely unbelievable. Um, I think they showed a stat during the game that the Lakers had the second highest halftime lead ever in an NBA Finals game. So that just proves that the Lakers were were just playing great basketball, playing great defense, 
and that great defense was leading to great offense. Honestly, it actually wasn't even leading to great offense. The Lakers, so the Lakers shot, I believe it was 44% from the field, and they only shot 31% from three. So they didn't shoot, you know, they've had they've had much better games where they shoot, you know, 50, 51% from the field. Last night they were only at 44%, but their great defense held the uh, the Heat to I think the the Heat shot forty one percent from the field, and they did but they did shoot thirty five percent from three. So the Lakers the Lakers played great defense, and it and they didn't even need because they played great defense. They didn't even need great offense to 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 blow that game wide open. It was just the great defense and good offense, which was awesome to see. It's it was great to see the Lakers finally get some stops, um, force Jimmy Butler to take way more difficult shots. And just he was he. I think part of it also was just Jimmy Butler was gassed from Game Five. Jimmy Butler in Game Five, I think he was only out of the game for 48 seconds. He played literally, well, not literally, but he basically played the entire game in Game Five, and. I mean, he carried the Heat from Game 3 through Game 6. He has been carrying the Heat. And hats off to him. I mean, he proved that he not only deserved to be in the NBA Finals, but that he deserves to be in the conversation of one of the best basketball players in the NBA currently. He did what Giannis wasn't able to do. And not only did he do that, but... he, was, he beat Giannis on the way there. So, Jimmy Butler deserves all the respect. He played an amazing series. This Heat team is really good. I think a lot of people going into it, it was a mix of, you know, a mix of, of opinions on this Heat team. It was either, oh, you know, this NBA Finals, the Lakers are going to kill them. It doesn't even matter, you know, like this NBA Finals doesn't count or it's, you know, big asterisk or whatever, you know. But then there's also people, uh, especially, you know, I listen to the NBA Ringer show a lot, the mismatch with Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor. And Chris Vernon was big. He was high on the heat. He thought that the heat could potentially push this series to game seven and win in seven games. And had this heat team been fully healthy, had Goran Dragic been fully healthy the entire series, had... Bam not missed some games and had he been fully healthy it's possible that they could have I mean they the Lakers really struggled for you know games games three four and five the Lakers they won one of those games but for the most part the Heat were in control in those three games um so it definitely, you know, looking back on it, it wouldn't have been crazy for the Heat to have been able to push this to seven games. I think in the long run, the Heat or the the Lakers were the better team. When you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the two of the probably the five best players in the NBA, on the same team, that team is is going to be favored against most teams. I think they were Lakers deserve to win this series. The Lakers were the better team, but the Heat. I think the Heat being a five seed was definitely a, a misnomer in some ways. It did them a disservice. I think a lot of teams, it's possible the Bucks went into that series feeling 
overconfident. And then by the time that they realized what was happening, it was too late. This Heat team was really good. You know, they this Heat team proved that they should have been or could have been a top three seed in the Eastern Conference this season. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, the big story really is is that COVID played a big role in this in the season. And it did benefit some teams and it did hurt other teams. In this case, it really did benefit the Heat a lot. Uh, a lot of te- I mean, every team had the same opportunity. Every team had the same five months off. They had the same time to prepare, to stay healthy, to train, to rest. Every game was a neutral game. And the Heat just... It just happened that this worked in their favor, and I think a lot of in a lot of ways it worked in the Lakers' favor. In some ways, uh, I think it did hurt some teams like the Clippers, who the Clippers were throughout the whole season. They had questions about their camaraderie and how they were going to click as a team, and they never really got there during the regular season and then COVID happened and then they're all separated for five months and then they come back in this bubble and I'm not surprised that things blew up in their face the Lakers had great camaraderie during the regular season they kept it up even though they were separated couldn't train together during the you know the COVID quarantine and all that stuff and then they came in and they were they struggled a little bit during the 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 seeding games uh, especially not playing with Avery Bradley or Rondo. And they came out and proved that they were the best team in the NBA this season. So congrats. Hats off to the Lakers for getting the job done, for not letting anything hold them down. And this is, you know, in the same way that people can talk about that this season deserves a an asterisk or a footnote or something like that, saying that this there were a lot you know went right for the Lakers or whatever in the same way that someone could say that they could also say that uh, this season was the most difficult season ever when else do you have a global pandemic that that ends your season abruptly forces you to not play for multiple months in the middle of your season your season then comes back in a weird way where you have eight games to warm up and get ready for the playoffs basically and then the playoffs happen oh oh and by the way they're going to do it all on a neutral site where you'd have no home court advantage and no fans and anything like that so in some ways uh you in some ways that alone that alone in the season happening this season is extremely difficult and would bring a team down and that's what we saw with a lot of I mean the Bucks the Clippers all these teams that were really good that people were expecting to be fighting to get into the to the NBA finals came up short and I think a lot of it has to do with they didn't have the strength and resiliency as a team or as individuals to get through playing in the bubble, playing on a neutral site, and and 
having that team camaraderie to, to get through it as a team together, you know? So all that to say is I think the Lakers 100% deserve this victory, deserve this, the respect for this NBA Finals. This NBA Finals is harder, was more difficult than any other NBA Finals ever happened before. And I can't, I am, I'm very happy that they were able to get the job done. So congrats to them. Um, and like I said, I'm just so happy that they did it with good defense. Jumping back into the game, I got kind of distracted there with the haters hating on the Lakers, getting their win, getting their championship win. Um, man, I can't believe they did it 10 years after the last one in the same year that Kobe Bryant passes away. It's it's just so poetic, you know? I it couldn't have it really couldn't have come at a better time uh it obviously is under unfortunate circumstances but it's it's awesome to be able to win you know to say we won one for the mamba that we exactly 10 years later i don't know it's just it's uh i'm a big numbers guy it's a cool it's cool to have that number you know the whole the 10 years um and you know, just doing it for Mamba. So the Lakers couldn't be happier as a Lakers fan right now. And, you know, it's just like I don't know what else to say. It really is causing me to, like, jump all over the place because I'm just so excited about the Lakers winning. You know, it just doesn't even feel real. You know, I'm recording this the next morning after the game, after the Lakers win, and I honestly, like, I didn't sleep great last night because I was just so excited. I, like, kept (laughs) – I kept just like visualizing everything that happened last night and the Lakers winning and all that stuff and and just trying to like really soak it in and so I like didn't sleep super great last night and now I'm on my way on my way to work and I'm just it I have that high that the Lakers won you know the last time the Lakers won a championship I was 16 years old I was I just finished my sophomore year in high school and it was. I'm glad that that happened. I'm glad that I remember it. Um, I have those memories watching the Lakers win. Uh, you know, seeing Ron Artest hit that shot to kind of put the dagger in the game. Game seven against the Celtics. Uh, it really doesn't get better than that. Um, and it was just fun watching the game. You know, watching the being able to like look back on that, having that memory of the Lakers winning, and then and then watching them do this with a brand new team. A team, you know, as a as a kid growing up in the LA area, being a Lakers fan, being a huge Kobe fan, I never really considered what it would be like for the Lakers to win a championship without Kobe, just because it just was my whole childhood and everything I knew. And then Kobe started getting older, got hurt. Um, the Lakers just started not being as good of a team, and then Kobe retired. And we were dealing, you know, we had like Wayne Ellington and Robert Sacre and Tariq Black and uh, you know Jody Meeks. Like that, those were that was the Lakers that I got used to for a while. And then I never really considered what it, what you know what it would look like for the Lakers to be a championship winning team again. And I must say, like I love this team. This Lakers team is awesome. It'll be really interesting to see what the Lakers decide to do in the offseason. You know, how much of the team do they decide to keep together? Who do they move? 
I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think that'll that's more of a topic for another podcast, for another episode. But something to think about. It, <clears throat> I was telling my brother, watched the game last night with my brother and his girlfriend and my wife, and we were talking after the game, smoking our victory cigar, and I was just saying how it's just so hard to imagine the Lakers potentially breaking this team up or whatever. But it's funny because it's not like this is like an all-time great team necessarily. Like having Anthony Davis and LeBron as a pair is an all-time great combination, I think. But the supporting cast isn't they're not an all-time like great supporting cast necessarily. Like they this team wouldn't the supporting cast wouldn't blow other supporting casts out of the water by any means. So it's funny that I just like love this team so much. And I think obviously it's because they won the championship, but it'll be, it's hard to imagine this team, not them just not coming back with the same exact team next year. I kind of remember when, when that happened, you know, 10 years ago after the Lakers won the 2009 championship and Trevor Ariza was a big part of that team, that 2009 championship team. And then I can't remember if they, if he was a free agent and he left. I, I forget exactly what happened, like the details of that. But basically, the Lakers end up ended up getting Ron Artest to kind of replace the Trevor Ariza, um, that Trevor Ariza kind of position or role on the team. And it's funny because Trevor Ariza played a big role in the Lakers winning in 2009, and then you fast forward 2010, and Ron Artest played a huge role in the Lakers winning in 2010. So. But I remember at the time in 2009 when Trevor Ariza left the team, I was, like, super bummed. I was like, dang, like, the Lakers, like, they just played so well. He played so well with the Lakers. You know, why would he leave and all this stuff? And back then I'm younger. I was, like, 15, um, 14 or 15. And and so now I, it's funny. I'm finding myself in the same place now where I'm, like, already getting ready for those moments. You know, like, what if the Lakers trade Kuzma and Caruso? Or, you know, what if what if – KCP for some reason doesn't come back you know like things like that like it's it's like I'm getting ahead of myself obviously and like I said this is for another episode but it just I, I would just want to say all that because I'm, I'm just saying like I loved this Lakers team it, they were so fun to watch they're very very frustrating at times you know you had Anthony Davis and LeBron James were the reliable ones the ones that always seem to come out and play well you know, of course you get a bad game here and there, but they're always very reliable. You knew you, you kind of knew what you were going to get. Um, you knew, you knew, I mean, you knew what you were going to get, and then, like, and then they would come out and, like, put up a 40-point game and just outdo all of your expectations. And then the sporting cast, you know, you never knew who you, who you were going to get. You never knew who was going to be the best player. You never knew if it was going to be Rondo or Kuzma or KCP or Danny Green or Avery Bradley. Um... You just never knew who was going to step up and be the third best player on the team any given night, which a lot of people, a lot of people like Bill Simmons or Chris Vernon um, really kind of looked down on the Lakers for that. They, they didn't think that the Lakers could step up and be a good team or be a great team because they didn't have a like third best player necessarily 
but the, I mean, obviously the Lakers proved that they could be a great team even with that. But it's tough, you know. You never knew who was going to show up, and it it made it made the games like like I said, both fun and frustrating because you would see Kuzma put up 19 points in a game, and the Lakers win a game and play really well. And the, the next game, Kuzma comes out and only has seven points or six points. And you're like, what the heck, dude? But then in that same game, KCP steps up and has 17 points, you know. And so, like, it, it did make, like, looking back on it, looking back on the season, reminiscing on those games, like, that was fun. It, even though, like, in the moment it might have been a little frustrating, when you had a guy step up and play well, it made it fun. Last night, Rondo had 19 points. Playoff Rondo. He really stepped up. 19 points from Rondo. 19 points from Davis. 17 points from KCP. 17 points from KCP. Back in, I mean, I'm, I was guilty of this too, but like earlier at the beginning of the season, KCP couldn't make a layup. Like fast forward, or like rewind almost a, a, a year ago from this day. Which feels weird, by the way. The Lakers, like, the championship is happening. I keep forgetting it's October, honestly. Um, but almost a year ago, the season starting, and KCB couldn't make a layup. And now he's scoring 17 points in a closeout finals victory. You know, like, that's awesome. The Lakers have a lot of good pieces on this team that they can hold on to and, like, make and turn into a great team. It's actually really awesome for a team that everyone not only was not only was everyone hating on this Lakers team uh you know during the regular season but they were hating on him back during like in free agency Rob Palenka doesn't know what he's doing who the who are the Lakers gonna you know they'll have LeBron James Anthony Davis but no one else things like you know and like and it's true like we didn't really know going into the season we we knew Anthony Davis and LeBron James would be good but we didn't know much else other than that. You know, we hoped Danny Green could step up. We hoped KCP could step up. We hoped Rondo could step up and Dwight Howard and all those guys. And they might not. there might not have been one guy that did it every single night. But collectively as a group, as a team, they did it almost every night. The Lakers ended up being... 57 and 0 when leading going into the fourth quarter. That's unbelievable. They're the first, I think I saw this on Twitter last night, that they're the first NBA team to not blow a, a lead going into the fourth quarter throughout the entire season. That's unbelievably impressive. The Lakers are a good are this Lakers team is a, is a really good team. And I am saying all this because I'm, I'm just want I'm just expressing my joy in the Lakers playing well, and in this victory. And like, in terms of like the actual game, the game six, like I said, it's all it was all defense. The Lakers' biggest lead was 36 points. The Heat didn't lead once. The Lakers held them to 16 points in the second quarter. Like the Heat had 36 points in, at halftime. Like that's as 36 points at halftime. That's as many. That's that's. 36 points is a good team can score 36 points in the first quarter and the Heat scored that 
and two quarters. This Lakers defense was absolutely suffocating, and it gave them the confidence. It gave them some breathing room. It absolutely unbelievable. And and you know earlier in this episode, I was talking about Jimmy Butler and his greatness and how well he played. And I think he ended Game Six with only 12 points in the game. Bam Adebayo led the Heat with 25 points. But Jimmy Butler only had 12 points, and he did he did struggle a bit. I think that's I, I was starting to say this. I don't I can't remember if I finished saying this or not. But he, you know, he only he in Game Five he sat out for 48 seconds. He put everything out there in Game Five. There was a video of him after the press conference and after Game Five, where he literally like he literally couldn't even walk, like he was like super stiff and all this stuff and 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 I think he. You know, coming out in Game Six after that game, like it's tough. Like these games aren't back to back, but they're every other day. And when you're playing that hard and that much and playing that well, it's hard. Even the greatest players, it's hard to to do that every single game. And I think he he and the rest of the Heat team really just kind of ran out of gas in Game Six. As part of it, the Lakers played really good defense, but the Heat did. The Heat had a, they had early in the game, they had some good looks that they just couldn't hit, and that definitely helped the Lakers. But the Heat missed some some shots early in the game that might have built up their momentum and helped them out a little bit. But the those missed shots really gave the Lakers the ability to then continue to kind of jump on the heat and force them to start making turnovers and and the Lakers capitalized and and that it's awesome I you know this will this will be the last time you hear me say this cliche at least for this season but defense wins championships and the Lakers proved that not only just last night in game six but they proved that throughout the course of the season they didn't just play good defense in the playoffs or just in this finals um, matchup against the Heat. They played great defense from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. So, you know, like I was saying before, you never knew who you were going to get with this Lakers team, whether it be KCP or Danny Green or Rondo or Kuzma. And uh, so the Lakers offensively were always very inconsistent. As I out. Outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the Lakers were always very inconsistent offensively. And but the one thing that was consistent for the Lakers was their defense. And their good defense led to good offense. And that would mostly be LeBron James and Anthony Davis scoring a lot of points. But then it would also be you know, kind of depend on who's on the court and who's forcing those turnovers, you know, you have you know, I think it was like KCP had a good amount. I I don't have the stats in front of me, but he had last night. He, he it seemed like he had a good amount of uh, fast break points, and those are the types of things that get created from good defense. You know, you get a steal, you get a guy like KCP gunning it down the, the opposite end of the court. You get a quick outlet pass out to him, and he probably had at least three fast break buckets. I could totally be wrong, but just from like what I'm remembering from last night, I'm pretty sure he did. So, um, 
the Lakers, they won this championship with great defense, so props to them. Props to LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the rest of the team. Frank Vogel, with his first year coaching the Lakers, um, it's just awesome. It's a great... It's a great feeling to be champions again. I have to say for myself, it's been 10 years since the Lakers won their last championship. I'm pretty sure that was the last time I celebrated a championship for one of my favorite teams. Uh, My last team that was in a championship game was the Rams in the Super Bowl in 2017 against the Patriots, and they lost that, obviously. I'm an Angels fan. They haven't won anything since 2001, so that's a bummer, 2002. Um, and then, you know, I follow UCLA basketball and football, so that they're not giving me any championships either. So I'm pretty sure this Lakers championship is the last one, um, that I have. 2010 was, 2010 was the last one I celebrated and 2020 is now the, the latest one. So it feels good just for my personal fandom, which is great. So, man. I think, you know, I think we have to all, LeBron said this after the end of the game. I wasn't totally sure what he was referring to, if he was referring to just in general or if he was referring to, like, the GOAT conversation between him and MJ. But he basically said, you know, give me, give me my respect. Give me my damn respect. And I think at the very least us Lakers fans can give him that respect. And I think that he's he's more than earned it, for sure. And I would say he more than earned it before he even won a championship with the Lakers. But, you know, you had people that just don't like LeBron for whatever reason, whether it's because they think he flops too much or complains too much or or whatever it is, you know. And from a, bas- a pure basketball standpoint... LeBron James has earned the respect of Lakers fans. And I say this only because when LeBron first signed with the Lakers, uh, we had a few, like, King James murals and LeBron murals that popped up throughout the city. And people would go out and, like, deface those murals. You know, who knows? I don't know who those people were. I I think a lot of the, you know, on Twitter and, and in the media – they all assume it was like upset Lakers fans that LeBron was with the Lakers for whatever reason. Um, obviously, that makes the best story. It could, those could have been it could have been Clippers fans, whatever. But those murals got like defaced a bunch, and it just seemed like whoever it was that was doing it obviously like isn't a a true Lakers fan in my opinion. Um, and who knows? Again, like they couldn't have been they could have been Clippers fans, or they could have just trying to been annoying and we're just being idiots in general who knows but I think that was a kind of a sign like a lot of Lakers fans like I I was ecstatic when LeBron decided to sign with the Lakers um I was a little bummed with how his first season went they didn't miss the playoffs he got hurt so I was a little nervous that this was going to be like a an Albert Pujols of the Angels kind of situation um I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous about that. And LeBron made it work. He had his master plan. I think a lot of us didn't know. He wanted to be in Los Angeles, whether it was for his personal reasons, for his family, or for himself, or whatever. He wanted to be in Los Angeles. He wanted to play for the Lakers, which is great. But he had a master plan. He saw that the Lakers had the assets and the tools to do it. 
they had the players to trade for a guy like Anthony Davis. They were able to bring in the right pieces, and he won a cha- He built a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers, and for that, for that reason alone, he deserves our respect. And then on top of that, going out and and averaging, I think he averaged like twenty eight points in the finals. Uh, I think he shot. He averaged shooting fifty nine percent or something like that from the field. I'm pretty sure from the stats they were showing, like this. This may be or may have been his best or at the very least very easily one of his best NBA Finals performances coming at the age 35 and year 17. And guess what? Next season, when he comes out and plays great, it's going to be, dang, LeBron, 36 and year 18? You know, it's not going to stop. We're not going to stop being amazed by it. So, LeBron James, you have earned our respect I would argue you earned it before you won the championship, but now that you have won the championship, won NBA Finals MVP, you have earned the respect of of Los Angeles and and the rest of the NBA community. If you didn't already have it from from people, if people didn't respect him before, they should respect him now. It's pretty. It's absolutely amazing what he did and what he's done for not only himself but for. Los Angeles for the Lakers coming in and because it happened what feels like a long time ago Kobe's death in January like that I don't think you know some people think that Lakers fans blow that out of proportion in some way like the effect that that had on the team I don't think people think that we blow it out of proportion in that like it was a tragedy like I think everyone agrees that that was a complete tragedy and and so sad and, and awful but I think people might not totally give the Lakers, this Lakers team, the players on the team, the credit for going through that and like what that took and stuff. Because, because Kobe, you know, if you don't follow basketball, if you don't follow the Lakers, if you don't follow Kobe, like you, you just think that he's doing his own thing and and whatever. But like Kobe was around a lot for for himself and for a guy that's doing a ton of things, like being a family man doing his own like business pursuits and whatnot you know he was around the Lakers a lot like he would he brought Gianna to a few games um and you know he had told the Lakers going into the season that he he believed that this team had the right pieces to get a championship to win a championship and this is a guy that has won five had won five with the Lakers he follows the NBA, he follows basketball or followed basketball, he knew what it would take to win a championship in today's NBA, even though he had been retired for for four years um, and he told this Lakers team that they could do it, and LeBron was close with Kobe, they talked a lot um, Kobe, LeBron had just passed Kobe in all-time scoring the night before Kobe passed away, so like this the the effect that that Kobe had on this team, and then the fact that he passed away in the middle of the season, and the effect that that had on the team, is is unfathomable, and you can't even put it into words. And so, not only did the Lakers have to do, you know, the Lakers and the entire NBA have to go through COVID and and all the the difficulties that came with that, but the Lakers were dealing with loss and dealing with with sadness and. And I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, that didn't motivate the Lakers, but but 
you know, it's not what not definitely not an easy thing. And I and so you know, I props to them for getting it done and, and not over being overcome with with the difficulties that this season faced. And so, you know, who who really knows what what next season will look like, both from a logistics standpoint. You know, when will the season start? How long will the season be? All those types of things. Just because COVID still is obviously a problem and we're kind of trying to get through all that. But, you know, what will the season look like and, and everything? And then what will the team look like? So, you know, in terms of kind of wrapping up this episode, going forward, I'm not totally sure what, you know, from just from like a housekeeping standpoint, what this podcast is going to look like you know I'm my plan is I would love to keep recording as much as I can for for the people that listen to this you know I I love talking about Lakers basketball this has been a fun outlet for me to to be able to talk about it throughout the season and get my thoughts out there and and all that stuff and and I'm my goal is to be able to keep recording this as much as possible maybe it'll be a once a week or once every two weeks kind of thing but you know I just want to for for those people that have listened to this podcast you know I started this podcast because I want to talk Lakers basketball I listened to so many podcasts Lakers podcasts and you know whether it was me disagreeing with those things or just wanting to like interject and say things I just found myself on my drive to work always wanting to to add into the conversation so I thought heck you know why not just start my own record it it could be for myself like a little journal of my thoughts if anyone wants to listen to it that's awesome that's great and you know through the season from from March until now we've had almost 500 listens which for you know for the amount of episodes we're putting out isn't a ton I think I average like 10 listeners an episode so to the 10 of you that listen to this thank you it's been fun I'm glad that someone someone's listening but like I said like I I I want people to listen to it. I think I have good things to say about the Lakers, but for the most part, like this, this is a, a fun little project for me to do in my own time and to, you know, to fill up my, my commute to work and whatnot. So all that being said, my plan is to continue recording as much as I can. I was talking about the little bit about what the Lakers team will look like. I think we'll have an episode about that coming up soon. Um, as the off season goes on, we'll have an episode coming up about talking about what the NBA season's going to look like and how that might affect the Lakers, things like that. So thank you everyone for listening. Congrats to the Lakers. The Lakers are 2019, 2020 NBA championships and boy, does it feel good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!